DJ, PK, and it's time to welcome in David Locke. His weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning, DJ. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? Why do you chuckle? This is my one of my at least top three things I do every week. You call three games a week. We know you love that. So at best, I do we're love fourth. that. And I talk to Scotty and Hands, and I talk to Jake and Gordon. So that's why I said three because I didn't want to play favorites amongst my children. <laughs> and so, and I have a tendency to ski, and that is truly my favorite thing. So, um, and then I have a family I should be including in this conversation. <laughs> well, maybe we're top ten. Yeah, you have a chance if I don't have like five ski days in a week. Yeah. All right, so uh, the game, the seven-game win streak stuff we normally talk to you about, but Donovan Mitchell's exchange with Shaq. Yeah, but why? But why? Overshadows. Like, why do we have to talk about that drivel? Like, seriously. <laughs> like, why? Because it's what everyone's I, mean, like, I can do it. Emotionally... Like, I can do a whole talk show, like, rant right now, and you're going to have to beep out a bunch of stuff, and <laughs> I can, like, undress what a fool he is. But, like, why not? Like, let's talk about seven straight wins. Let's talk about Jordan. Like, Zach Lowe, national columnist, wrote about Jordan Clarkson. Let's talk about that. Like, if we're so desperate to react to a bunch of blowhards who just have drivel and babble and haven't watched a beeping thing we've done all year and decide to have complete bullcrap about one of the model citizens of the NBA, we can do it. But let's talk about winning seven straight. Let's talk about the fight in the second quarter. Let's talk about Jordan Clarkson's development because that's bullshit. No, I don't want to. I'm going to talk about Shaq. <laughs> I actually just going to answer like Donovan. All right. Like, it was awesome. Let's just talk about how great Donovan was. It was it was like what a star. He doesn't bite, and then he comes on the presser afterwards and says, Let's not make it about me. Let's talk about the fact we won seven straight. Like he's amazing. He's the best, like, well formed kid I've ever seen come into the league. Ever. What Nicole and his dad, Don, did raising that kid, and I, you know they were separated for some of it. I think so. I don't know who did it. And I'll give them both credit. And whatever they did in that house to raise Donovan and have him be this, like self-aware. This is the kid who, as a rookie, dropped like forty and complimented the two G League guys on the bench for giving him energy in the second quarter when he didn't have any juice. This kid's a dream. So if you decide to use your national platform to not promote one of the great entities and products of the NBA, you're just a beeping idiot. (laughs) Is he good enough to get the Jazz to the next level? Who is? Anthony Davis was beeping terrible in Oklahoma until he paired with LeBron. So let's bury his ass too. And Dame Lillard's beeping terrible. And Bradley Beal just shoots a buttload. Stop this crap. There's two players on the next level. And you know who's not on the next level? The MVP. Like if we want to talk about guys who can't get their team to the next level, let's go over the next great person we have in this league. Let's go belittle and ruin the guy who sold trinkets on the streets in Greece to give his family money and then worked his whole way out of that becoming a basketball player when he didn't have enough shoes while his brothers and he were trading shoes so none of them could be on the floor at the same time and worked themselves to the NBA and our freaking model. Let's belittle that guy too. This sucks. The good news is it's only a topic because the Jazz have jumped a level. And they were Team 10, give or take, whatever. Uh, but now they're not. They're Team 4 or 5, no, or, third, or they're maybe the they're better. Best team in the, they're the they, third best team in the NBA right okay, they yeah. would. And we're going to be the third best team in the NBA all year. The problem and, is, and this is a legitimate discussion, the problem is the first two teams are so damn good. Clippers being number two? They're, I don't even know. I'm not sure. I think Clippers might be number one. In fact, if I had a pick, okay. I'm taking the Clippers. Okay. Either the, the two L.A.s ahead of Utah, though. I mean, they're so good. Have you watched them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, several the, times. And, like, we beat the Clippers. So, like, I've yeah. got to, like, we got to stop for a second. Remember, we beat the Clippers. But, like, right. I honestly, like, I actually remember there was a game. It might have been a Lakers-Clippers game. We'd have to look back, like, early March last year. So probably right before we shut down, there was like a Sunday afternoon or Saturday night Lakers-Clippers game last year. And they and we were pretty good at that point. And they played. And I remember talking to 
one of our coaches. And actually, this conversation is now, I think about it, way more interesting than I'm realizing. So I'm now walking into a really interesting conversation. And I was like, we can't beat them. Like, they're both great. Now, little did we know the Clippers hated each other and there were all sorts of problems. But And the, and they said, the person said to me, we can outshoot them. That's our chance. And I wonder now that I'm saying this, because I hadn't really thought about this story, and I don't know if you can pull up basketball reference. I don't have the computer in front of me because I was trying to be 100% focused on our interview today. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but I have a tendency to like maybe drift a little bit every now and then with you know my brain. David, do you understand? Oh, yes. Maybe. Do. <laughs> um, so um, if you look at basketball reference and see Lakers or Clippers, I'm guessing it was like March 8th or 9th they played. Um, and it's interesting now to think back that one of our coaches said to me, we can outshoot them. And that's our chance now. Like, we're not as good as the Lakers and Clippers. And I actually will be totally honest. I can't see a script by which we, and I'm not trying to be Shaq, like I just don't see it. Like they're so big and they're so long and they're so good and we can't guard a bunch of their guys. I just, like they're so good. Like the, the Clippers are great. I mean, I think like the Clippers to me are like the perfect modern basketball team right now. Um, and then the Lakers have two of the five best players in the league. So that's like the difference to me between those two teams. Um, and I do just, I walked out of the arena last night thinking, wow, we're like the third best team in the league, but it feels like there's a grand Canyon between us and those two. Um, but the way to beat them is to go get 45 threes off and hit 25 of them and do that for three nights out of seven and hope they have a bad night in the middle. And next thing you know, you win a series. That's the only way. Okay. Now, right now it, except for tone and timing, you sound a lot like the TNT crew. I mean, that's really Kenny Smith's point is they got to shoot it. Great. Well, they were the number one shooting team in the NBA last right. year from the three-point arc, so that's not impossible. You're not asking for a miracle here. Uh, but I, you're I don't basically think I have a saying with that. I have a problem with I have a problem with Shaq belittling Donovan after the game. So it's timing and tone. The substance, right. the Lakers are loaded, and if Donovan Mitchell's your best player, and that's the way your team is built, you're not going to win. The Lakers are going to win. Yeah, and but and to my point of that is if. Damian Lillard's your best player, you're not going to win. Evidently, if James Harden was your best yeah. player, you're not going to win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, it's like you're listening right? like, to I mean, our show. You've heard. Well, we've yes. been saying that all morning. Yep. As long yeah. as Shaq says it to Lillard, Paul George, so forth and so on, don't just pick on Mitchell. Yeah, Anthony right. Davis. He's not the right. best player. He's yeah. the second so, best player. As long as he backs that up, why pick on – it's easy to pick on some guy from Utah. There's not going to be a national outrage. Nobody's going to be talking about it this morning. But if you do it against uh, – on somebody from a more high-profile team and all that stuff, well, then you're going to get blowback. So he just did the, the low-hanging fruit. The thing that I thought was interesting was Kenny Smith saying that they must shoot the ball well. That's the only way they can win, and that was my thought for you. How true is that? So it's true. On, on one level, it's true, and on one level, it's like the stupidest comment I've ever heard. Okay, so we can go both ways on this one. I've thought about this actually. I thought about it a lot last night. So in this day and age, if you don't shoot well, you don't win. Period. Anyone. Anyone. So here's why it's the stupidest comment ever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because if you don't shoot well in this day and age, when we're shooting thir- at least you know the minimum you're going to shoot is 35 percent of your shots is threes. If you don't shoot well and you go you know, seven of 35, you're going to lose. Like I can run the numbers. You're going to lose. And so, and then if, okay, if you're not going to lose, what would you have to be? If you're, if you have a bad shooting night, how would you win? Well, you'd win because you're an elite defensive team. Well, okay. We're the second best defensive team in the league right now. We have the best defensive player in the world by a long shot. Like that one's not even close. Like we can go give the defensive player of the year award to somebody else every now and then, and we can be mesmerized by Anthony Davis because he's on television all the time. It's not even close what Rudy does. Players are shooting. I haven't updated. New Orleans does actually better than anyone else because of Zion, but players are shooting forty percent, actually below going into the New Orleans series. But they did all right. Forty percent when Rudy's the closest defender. Forty percent. They're shooting below thirty percent. When he's the closest defender from three. Like, it's not even close. He's the best player. He's the, he's the best defensive player the league may have seen in 30 years. It's not close. He's better than Matumbo. He's 
the only player I think is as good as him defensively is Akeem. And so if you're going to win when you can't shoot, I would suggest maybe you have the best defensive player in the world. So, like, that's why it's the stupidest comment ever is because nobody can win if they don't shoot well anymore. And if you are going to try to win, then you have to be elite defensively. Oh, wait, we're that. Now, we'll see over time. I, I still am not totally sold on that this roster can be great defensively because I think it's a great shooting team and it's really hard to be both. Now, here's where it's not a stupid comment. Like, you can go give the ball to LeBron and you can go give the ball to Anthony Davis. You can go give the ball to Paul George. You can go give the ball to Kawhi Leonard in a way that you just can't give the ball to one of our guys. Right? And so I guess what we're saying is that if you just had to go get a bucket, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, I guess, can go get a bucket better than Donovan going to get a bucket. I'm actually not totally sure that this is true, frankly. I, I would um, say I'd say no. I think you just made that group too big. I'll give you – I'm assuming you mean a playoff pressure bucket, and I'll give you LeBron no, and Kawhi. But right. AD, uh, maybe. Right. Paul George, no, probably not. We, we've already watched a playoff series. We know. It didn't happen. Right. Like, I've been pretty critical of AD as a top-five player in the NBA over the last five years. You know, let's give him a tip of the hat. With the help of LeBron, he was really pretty outstanding in the bubble But it's so, different being and, the second-best player on the team in yep. the first, which is what Shaq is saying, and being part of Shaq and Kobe and Shaq and D-Wade and Shaq and Penny, he's probably got a pretty good handle on that. Right. You know, and the one thing on Donovan, he's one. Absolutely. So right. if he's, he's going to do it, he's an outlier. He's, he's right. a huge outlier in NBA history. It's a real short list, 10, 20, 30 years. I mean, it's Allen Iverson, which is, by the way, like I'll go back to rookie year. Quinn Snyder looked at me and goes, the kid's Allen Iverson. We're going to figure out how to get him, you know, what to put around him. But he's Allen Iverson. That was like Quinn's call from the very beginning, which is just like Quinn's so good at this stuff. So I would like to talk Clarkson. Can I talk about one other basketball thing that Quinn pointed out on the coaching show last night? I thought it was the most interesting thing I've never heard someone talk about. Apparently. Go ahead. So he talked about Royce O'Neal last year as the number one defensive player and having to guard everybody as the, you know, he, Roy spends 37% of his time guarding the number one option, the highest rate of any player in the league this year, but it's his second year doing it. And so he's improved dramatically at understanding what it is to do that and how to do it. And Quinn just, you know, had a huge amount of praise from last night. I've never thought about that. That the same way we talk about an offensive player evolving throughout their career to understand how to do different things as they see different defenses, that here Royce O'Neal is developing, and we even saw it in last night's game, right? Brandon Ingram comes out, he's shooting, he's shooting threes, which he didn't do the night before, and he's shooting over the top of Royce when he gets into early offense, and then Royce you know, starts denying him the ball and forcing him out higher and changing the whole feel of the game. And I thought we saw it inside of one night where Royce really changed and just had great steps defensively. So Jordan Clarkson, it seems to me like he's checking a lot of boxes. He was, from the day he got here, he could put the ball in his hands and he could just go crazy. I don't know what express, whirling dervish, just dribbling all over the place, changing direction three times. Heck of a one-on-one player. But it seems like now, a little at 13 months later, you know, a bunch of question marks you have on a new player, and I didn't know, Right. How good is his basketball IQ? How coachable is he? You know, how much can he absorb stuff? And, and like all those boxes are getting checked. He's eliminated a bunch of iffy shots. He's gotten uh, very comfortable with the catch and shoot. He would default to putting the ball on the floor. He's gotten really comfortable in the catch and shoot. He's an underrated passer. I don't want to compare people to Joe Ingles, you know, non-point guards who pass it like, you know, a traditional point guard would you would expect him to pass it, but he's thrown some passes lately. I'm thinking, "Wow, I wasn't I don't know if I wasn't paying attention early, if I didn't notice early. I think he's gotten a lot better at it." Uh, but man, I, it seems like major improvement, and he still does this. You know, come on in and just get you ten points in three minutes. Uh, but he's doing the other stuff too. So many things to touch on here. Um, first of all, how he did. I think last night was the night where he came in, like shot that corner three, like within ten seconds, and then like thirty seconds later buried another three. So you come off the bench, you haven't even broke a sweat, and just oh, have the guts to. I mean, it was incredible. Um, I agree with everything you've said about his game. 
Um, I did say the other night on the air, like I was that, you know, it'd be nice if he mixed in a pass. And since that moment, he's passed actually a ton. So it's almost as though he felt it. He's, I think he is actually marvelously self-aware as a player. Um, he's one of the most fascinating people. Um, it's hard for us to get to know these guys now. And I was just getting to, and now it's all kind of side stories. But I mean, this is a guy who has the ability to, you know, I think hang in an LA nightclub or chill. There's stories of him like living in a van for like a week or two off the grid to having an intellectual conversation with Quinn Snyder at the highest level to chilling with Australian Joe Ingalls to probably hanging in the inner city anywhere he wants, right? Like he's just a chameleon of a personality, a little bit of a Renaissance person. He's kind of, you know, it's interesting is that Zach Lowe in his article at the ESPN referred to him as Boris D.L kind of light on the floor. I actually think he's Boris Diaw off the floor too. I think it's that same. And then there's just the cool factor. And I think it matters, right? Like when you walk into the club with, not that I've done this a lot, but you walk into the club with the two, with the cool guy or one or two of the cool guys. And you like, you feel different about how you're walking into the club, right? You're in that group. You got the cool guy with you. And when you don't have the cool guy with you and you're walking in with all the David James and David Locke with the stat geek nerds, you don't feel nearly as cool walking into the club, right? Like it's like, there's a difference. And Jordan has that cool guy element to him that does something for this group. So you think that the Jazz can beat anybody in the West, but you're not sure about the Clippers and Lakers. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think they're better than anybody in the East. Okay. Well, we'll just worry about the West for now because they may not get to the East. So with that in mind, on that premise, I don't have any problem with that premise, then for them, does it really matter if they finish anywhere between one and four? How, what's the vaccine level in June? You thinking bubble again? No, exact opposite. Fans. Like, I mean, if we could get the one seed, it might matter. Well, I think the one seed would absolutely matter, wouldn't it? I mean, it's PK brought this up a couple days ago. How can they, are they really good enough to win eight playoff games against the Clippers and Lakers? Well, if you get the one seed, you only have to win four because I assume they'll be two, three, and you won't have to play them both. Right, right. Yeah, I didn't. I so, didn't think yeah, the I had, one actually, was attainable. I hadn't thought about the one. I hadn't thought about the one seed in the sense that means you only have to play each of them once. That's really that's a really interesting concept. For sure. Yeah. If it, if they were good, if, but if, in my mind, they're good enough to get the one seed. Then they probably, assuming that there's not a bunch of COVID and injury, they're probably good enough to beat either of those teams. Then. Uh, I see those as two different things. Okay. So, the did you see what we did in Zion last night? No, I didn't watch the game. <laughs> but like, I mean, yeah, it had to be like you know, like, like that was like we humiliated the poor kid. Like we have a system maybe more than other teams and a coaching staff that's more detailed than other teams that makes us a particularly good, in my opinion, regular season team when we get rolling. So like when the guys figured out and they're all playing well and we're so versatile and egalitarian and we're lacking that guy we talked about earlier, right? Fine. But it also means that like, okay, we can go have Jordan Clarkson, Donovan Mitchell, or Mike Conley go at your guy. Or last night, like they're trying to hide, Zion on Royce O'Neal, and we actually just ran Royce O'Neal guard to guard picks, and like guys in Zion had no clue, and so like their whole defense was to not let Rudy dunk, so then Rudy dunked three times in a row because Zion was involved. Um, we can do that at a really really high level in the regular season, which I think means that and we can shoot it and probably get shots off at a really high level, and so I think in the regular season that leads to a lot of wins and is why we could actually have as good a record as possibly the Clippers or Lakers in the regular season. But then playing those teams in the regular season, they don't have the same thing. Like when they have a lineup of Patrick Beverly, Nicholas Batum, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Serge Ibaka, like there's not a guy to go get. Like, 
and frankly, they're going to start more. They're going to play more a senior, and that lineup's going to be six eight, six nine, six nine, six eight, and seven feet. It's just stupid. And it's the same thing the Lakers can do, right? Like Dennis Schroeder's like, thank goodness for Dennis Schroeder because he'll probably be on the floor and maybe you can go after him. But like when they have Caruso and Kuzma and LeBron and AD and Marcus Gasol, like they're six six or taller at every position. And our guards are six one. Like that's just a big difference. I feel like but I'm, I'm not gonna really worry about that until June or July. I'm surprised how good we are. Like I honestly didn't see it. Like I missed on I missed on this. I missed it. You what didn't really see. Did. I thought I thought maybe I thought it was a wide open race for three, but I didn't know how it would break for so many other teams. And I mean, when we were talking about this, we didn't know Houston was going to melt down and Harden was going to demand his way out and get traded. You know, there, there's a right. whole bunch of other things that have happened. You know, Denver lost three guys. Well, when when the Jazz left the bubble and we started looking ahead to next year, we didn't know Denver was going to lose three guys. Right. So and Dallas is better than you know Dallas has been COVID hit really badly. So yeah. Dallas is actually a little better than they than they seem right now. Um, but that's like it, right? Like, am I for, who am I? Am I forgetting anyone in the West? Like Denver Portland, and Dallas are the only. Portland was three yeah, two years ago, Portland's and now done, gone through injuries. Portland's done here for a while. Yeah. I mean, the Nurkic injury is really significant. We can couch it because Cantor's bad defensively, and that's a fun narrative. He's actually gotten better. He's not good, but he's not as bad as some other players. But Nurkic's pick-and-roll defense was outstanding this year, and it was two years ago as well, like outstanding, top five in the league. And so for them to go from Nurkic guarding the pick-and-roll to Cantor guarding the pick-and-roll, I'd not surprise what San Antonio put like 130 on them the other night, right? Like, I think they're going to be allowing – I think you're going to see Portland allowing really, really big numbers here for a while. Um, so I don't think they, they can't hold through this injury. All right, David, we got to we got to run here. We're getting word that Joe Ingles is going to join us here in a few minutes. He's dropping his daughter off. So uh, thanks for checking in. Thanks for the discussion. We will talk to you so again next week. you're going to go on with Joe Ingles and say that Locke says, and you're going to make me have said all the same, same things that Shaq and those guys say because you think I said the same I hadn't things. thought about it, but now that you suggest it, sure, why not? Thanks. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks, David. One of my favorite. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And his weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. Joe Ingles is coming up next. Stay with us. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. John Canzano, the Oregonian, you're on the big show. I guess the new commissioner doesn't necessarily have to be well-versed in the X's and O's of football, but they sure better understand the importance of it, right? Because I swear it seemed like Larry Scott got lost in that. Didn't know it. I mean, he was a Harvard-educated tennis player, and who did he hire as his right hand? Woody Dixon, another attorney who didn't know football. And the coaches would have conversations with the conference office, and conference did not understand their challenges in scheduling, and why can't you play a 7 p.m. kickoff or turn around on a short week. What about this rule change that's being proposed? They really felt it was you're from Mars, I'm from Venus when they were talking to the conference commissioner. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Davis Vision's New Year's special is going on now. Save $1,000 off normal pricing now through the end of January. Check them out now at davisvisionmd.com. DJ and PK just had David Locke on, talking all things jazz, obviously Shaq's comments, catching most of the uh, attention. White hot, PK. Uh, Meanwhile, the Jazz won seven in a row. They swept the back-to-back with the Pelicans. And they got the Warriors coming in tomorrow afternoon, fresh off a loss to the New York Knicks. Feel like this streak's going to go on for a while. Or watching the Jazz... uh, uh, struggle in the first quarter, well, there's the path to beat the Jazz. You just have to be able to sustain it. Well, it's tomorrow night. They moved it to the evening, not uh, during the, the day. They changed that seven. time. Yeah, so just make sure for folks who are interested in watching or if you should be fortunate enough to attend the game. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to continue because uh, you look at any individual game, and I think they can win. Now they're probably not going to win 30 in a row. <laughs> that would be shocking. Uh, the path early, I actually like that, that it played out that way. Get a little adversity, see what you can do. And obviously they responded well. And I said it earlier in the week, when this team's got it going on offensively, it's like an onslaught. It's a wave that literally cannot be stopped. 
there's really nothing you can do. You can try to hope to outscore them. And, you know, Brandon Ingram starts the game four for four from three. Okay, fine. That's sort of fool's goal because they don't really have anybody else or enough guys. On, and Zion hit the first three he's hit all season. I think he's only taken three. And you're not going to rely on him. Then who else you got? You got Redick, 36 years old, not having the best shooting. And then the rest of the guys, Lonzo Ball, he needs to spend more time on shooting and less time in the uh, tattoo shop as far as I'm concerned. He's not going to be able to hit threes. He hit a three early. I think he might have hit the first one. So it didn't seem like it was going to be sustainable. Uh, New Orleans isn't built as, as far as I'm not following them every day, but just as I watch them occasionally and watch them the last two nights, they're not built on being able to sustain three-point shooting where the Jazz really, really are. I mean, this is what they've set themselves up to be, and they've got so many weapons now. Uh, you have to give it up to Niang. Niang's playing well, much better, and not just with the three. He's putting the ball on the floor a little mm-hmm. bit, using his size, and he's got decent size and finding ways to get to the basket. So they have so many offensive weapons. I'm not of the mindset that, oh, my gosh, these guys have no chance to win eight games against the Clippers and Lakers. And I realize it's a tall stretch. We've got a long way to go anyway, so it's kind of foolish to talk about that. But the way they're playing right now, and I tend to get caught up in the moment. And if you're caught up in the moment, well, the moment is really good. Hmm. Uh, I think, I, to, in my mind, and I know David likes the Clippers more than the Lakers, but there was so much dissension inside the team. The team does have a lot of new players, and we've seen it take two years to get to a championship level. We have so, seen Paul George underperform in the playoffs. I just can't consider that uh, a slam-dunk, unwinnable series for anybody, not just for the Jazz, but the same way it wasn't slam dunk unwinnable for Denver last year. Now we know Denver's lost a lot of guys, so maybe not this year. But, you know, there there are opportunities to attack them. Now maybe they fix those things and maybe they come together. I can't rule them out. If you say right now you got them as a second favorite behind the Lakers, that's not a bad prediction. It may not turn out to be right. Um, The Jazz and the Lakers seems like a bigger mountain that seems like a bigger hill to climb. And if that's what Shaq is ultimately sitting on his prediction for the rest of this year, well, then he's in a pretty good spot because pretty much everybody is picking the Lakers. They sure, are bigger, gonna... taller, longer, more athletic with a guy who's been to the top of the mountain and hoisted the trophy four times with three different teams. And he's all that. Right, yeah, exactly. So, so. And the only way to be the best player on the best team is to take him down. So good luck with that. Uh, Yeah, sure. If that's the only objective for greatness, I happen to think it isn't. Uh, When the statues are taking the the greatest team of all time to seven games and losing by razor-thin margins, there's something to be said for that. That's Lakers, people. Lakers 88, not Bulls. Yeah, right. So... Let's see if they can get to that point. So, yeah, I guess if, if you just have, did you win or did you not? And that's the only measurement. Well, you probably got me there. So, uh, let's see. But, yeah, I understand that because they've got this beast of a player, this once-in-a-generation dude, once-in-ten-generations, who knows, going forward, uh, if we'll have uh, anything close to that uh, fill-in-the-blank year in the head. So, you got me on that great good for them uh, but there's work to be done and still time for a 24 year old yeah. to see what he can do and yeah. I'm you know Locke was talking about Iverson sure but I, I, I mean I think I think Locke puts the Clippers there because he hates the Lakers and I think he avoids mentioning Isaiah Thomas because he hates Isaiah Thomas <laughs> 48 states do so but he is one of the outliers. And the thing is, you know, it's for, for this Jazz team, for Donovan Mitchell, you know, it's not the norm of how a championship team is constructed, but there are outliers along the way. Plenty know? of them. Right. And so can you be one of those outliers and do it one time? Detroit did it in 04. Yeah, for uh, sure. To a certain degree, Dallas did. Now, yeah, Nowitzki individually in yeah. isn't an outlier, but the team is. Right, I agree. So we'll get to we'll get to more of that coming up. Joe's going to join us in a minute. Stay with us. Number one. Make us your number one preset. 
The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, The Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make The Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hey, yeah! This is The Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. (laughs) With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ, PK, and Joe Ingles. Joe is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. Thanks to the folks at Cypress Credit Union for sponsoring the Joe Ingles Show. Joe, welcome in. Good morning. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? (laughs) You know, when I watch you play, you've had an injury that I think lingers for a lot of people, and I can't tell if it's lingering with you or if you're actually a lot better or if you're just gutting out and playing through it. Um, well, I can't reveal all the truth. That'll spoil the fun. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it was, well, I mean, I said it the other day immediately, like it was a pretty, um, I don't know what word I can use on 9am radio, but um, not very fun nine days. Um, I think it was the longest I've missed playing basketball in 10 or something years. So um, I'd always, it's funny how the streak always got brought up and, and everyone thought I was doing it for probably the wrong reasons. They thought I wanted to have this record of a streak. And um, I'd always said and, and said throughout that, that whole streak that um, Mike Elliott, who's our head of performance and, and health care and stuff, um, if, if he ever told me I needed to sit out or or rest or, or whatever the situation was, if we had a conversation about it and I knew he was kind of dead serious... Um, I, I would obviously do. He's a professional, getting paid a lot of money to do what he does. So the the day that we sat down, um, when I was having some some pain in my my Achilles ankle area, um, had an MRI, and, and when he sat me down, I <laughs> I knew there was no way I was going to be playing the next day. So um, he he knows me. He he knows my body probably just as as well as I do. So. Um, yeah, it was the, the right thing to do. And, um, yeah, no, I'm feeling um, 100%. Like, I, I don't feel it at all. So that's that was the aim of uh, – I probably took a little longer. I, I tried to play in Detroit, I think it was. So I sat out a game. I, I felt better the next day or 20, 48 hours after, but um, pulled up pretty sore in the third or fourth quarter that night and, and obviously knew that – at that point, I'll, I'll probably be missing a couple more games. So I had a, 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 a nice program that I follow now, and I've, I've been feeling really good. So I, I wasn't going to come back until I was feeling good again, and, and I'm at that point now. Good. It's good to hear. Good to see. So last week I asked you about Shaq cracking on Gobert. Now it's Shaq cracking on Mitchell, Joe. What's your reaction? I honestly feel like their ratings must be so bad that they have to just <laughs> talk absolute nonsense so that they – get some more clicks and some more uh, whatever they views or whatever because it's um, I mean it's been I've, I've said it before a lot of our guys have said it before that um, I mean including kind of all media at times you you don't want to you just don't want to get like caught up in it um, right. at times it's just so irrelevant and, and it's literally like I mean, you can go to those guys. You can go to I mean, even the last year and a half with with you guys. You guys are normally around us daily. Um, you, you just don't see what's going on behind the scenes. You don't watch. They, how many TNT games do we have this year? I think we've got like three national TV games this year, or four right. or something. Like, yeah. They see Rudy. They see Donovan. They see him three times in a year. Um, 
So for us, it's just I think I think Locke tweeted last night. Like if you don't watch our team, and if if Donovan wanted to walk the ball up every possession and play ISO, he would average thirty-five, eight and eight, no doubt. Um, we've got so many ball handers, so many creators. So like Donovan's <laughs> the best thing about Donovan being the superstar that he is is that last night I think it was we and it's happened so many times before with with Rudy and Donovan where uh, Donovan will have a couple of turnovers or, or a couple of bad plays, and he's like, Joe, take the next couple of possessions. Like, I'm tired, or things aren't working, or whatever it is. They're blitzing me, like, let me just play off the ball. Like, there's not many guys at that level that are just going to not take the possession off, but take, like, hey, it's not working for me right now, or they're, they're playing really aggressively with me. Go and get the ball, and, and let's create from, from something else, like, like, he, he can get a wide open shot from myself or Mike or, or whoever creating. So, yeah, we really don't give a SHIT what people think about our team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully, the kids listening don't understand one letter. Shiz, Joe, shiz. <laughs> um, no, we really don't, though. Like, it's, if, if you get caught up in that stuff, it, 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 can, it can affect your team or an individual. and um, I can promise everybody that's listening now that Donovan went home and had an amazing sleep and he's probably not awake yet, but when he wakes up, he, he won't be any different to, to what he was yesterday. And um, he's obviously, uh, I mean, we know what, what Rudy and Donovan mean to our group. Um, and anyone, anyone that has an opinion, like, cool, everyone can have an opinion, but we don't really care about anyone's opinions except the guys in our locker room and the guys that are around us daily. Uh, it didn't come across in tone and in timing, you know, that Donovan's just scored 36 points and you won the game and he puts on the headset. <laughs> and, right? and it's like, like you're not, you're, I said earlier, you're not good enough. Reaction. So it's awkward beyond belief, right? It's, it's just awkward. But everybody is picking the Lakers to win the championship and predictions are, you know, worth the napkin they're written on. But we make them anyway because it's fun. So I, I kind of get Shaq's point. But buried in all of this is, are, are a couple compliments, one for Donovan and one for the team. When you yeah, guys were I, the I mean, fifth or sixth best team in the West, nobody was talking about this. But now you're top three in the West. So they're talking about it. And when Donovan was the 30th best player in the league, nobody was talking about it. Well, sure. now he's 15 or 10 or 5. I don't know. Have a debate on that. Uh, so they're talking about it. This is a sign that you guys have improved and are much better, or they wouldn't even be having this discussion. No, definitely. And it's a credit to our, our guys and the staff and, and everyone that's been. Um, we get healthy. We, we get Mike back from in and out last year. We obviously didn't have Boyan at the end of the year um, for the, the bubble segment of um, the season. So. I think even last year we, we knew at times and, and we probably showed at times what we were capable of, but the inconsistencies probably came with, with a lot of different, like, I was starting, I was coming off the bench, Mike was in an hour. We, we trade for JC at whatever point it was. Um, and I, I think we, uh, you guys and fans and um, the the blind people on TNT. Um, at times, you watch and you're like, "Man, they can be really good," and then, "Oh man, they suck." Like we, we had some games where it's like we just suck. Um, and I think having everybody in preseason, everybody practicing, and having being healthy through preseason, and now we're we're kind of showing what we what we're capable of. And and even last night, we I mean, we gave up 43 or 41 or something in the first quarter. Um, and we knew, I mean, it, it's like a playoff. I mean, it's tough playing. It's tough winning twice in a row against the same team, um, let alone twice just in the NBA. But against the same team, we, we knew they were going to come out and kind of give us a, a punch first. And we had to see how we reacted to it. And, and I think after the 43-point quarter, we gave under 24 for, for the rest of the three quarters. I think the last one was a, a little bit more towards the end there, that last couple of minutes. But we, we played how we wanted to play. So to, to win a game... We've won games where we've had leads. We've won games where we've where it's been close. Um, and obviously last night, getting kind of punched in the face and then still be able to fight our way. And um, We feel like they probably gave us, probably not their best, they probably would, would debate otherwise, but one of their best shots that they, they could have given us and we were able to come out with a, a pretty good win. So um, 
like I said, yeah, but, but everyone's going to have an opinion. Everyone's going to debate, like you said, what, what what number player Donovan is, what number player Rudy is. Is Rudy the best defender? Is Donovan X Y? Like, but we're uh, we're very happy and content within ourselves and our group, and uh, we're going to keep push. I shouldn't say content because coach hears that he he won't like it. <laughs> not con- not content with how we're playing because we keep getting better, but where we are as a group and who we are as a team and. Um, like I said, if Donald wanted to go and ISO every possession, I'm sure he'd have better stats, but, but he's not that type of guy. We've got an unselfish group, so um, all is good in, in our world. So I don't really buy into it at the NBA or the professional level as far as motivation, but does all this crap provide anything to any of you guys? <laughs> I mean, not me. I was laughing. I was like, these. I, I didn't realize I was doing some stuff last night after the game and then kind of heard the guys like laughing and was figuring out what was going on and um, like the cool, the coolest part which like Donovan I don't think would care if I shared or not but like he, he genuinely did not like it. it it's cool that Shaq likes his game and, and all that but like he, he's not going to lose sleep whether Shaq likes how he plays or not or if Shaq thinks he's a superstar or not like that's the the best thing we've we've got about our group. Like, I mean, you get Mike. We trade for Mike or whatever that was a couple of years ago, and and Mike goes from playing every single pick and roll with Mark Gasol for thirty eight minutes a game to playing off the ball, starting being in, like he's been through a bit of a ride since he's been here, and and same thing with him. Like he he could have come in and said like, "Are you training for me?" And X, Y, and Z. Like, I want the ball. Majority, like we've just got such an unselfish group that um, we don't need <laughs> Shaq's TNT motivation. I think we've got enough motivation within our group and what we want to achieve as a team. And and for, for Salt Lake City and Utah, we, we don't need um, the outsiders' um, motivation. But um, yeah, I, I just thought it was funny. Like, you could have picked a game that Donovan played like crap. Like, at least pick, at least pick a game he doesn't play well. Do that 47-6 and six or something. Like, he still played really well. So, um, no, we're, uh, we're good. So, how much does it uh, – I know it's early to look at the standings, but when you see three teams breaking away, you know, it's simple math to say, well, the team that – gets the one seed, only has to play one of these other two teams. The other two teams, that's two tough playoff series back-to-back, uh, starting pretty early. That would be an awesome second-round series, however it shakes out. How much does that motivate you guys? Because it is a grind, and you do have to play back-to-back. But when you instead of having a bad game, when you have a bad quarter, everybody realizes it and snaps out of it because you know what's at stake. This one, or, yeah. one or two games can, can change that seeding a lot. Yeah, I just, I mean, oh, what are we... 15 games in, 14 yeah. games into a 70, 80 game season, whatever we're going to play this year. Um, like it's, yeah, I mean, it's hard to even, and it's, I guess, especially with everything going on with, with COVID and post games getting postponed and players with, with contact tracing and sitting out and getting COVID and um, all the other things that we're dealing with it. I mean, it honestly feels like we've already, we're kind of halfway through the year. Like you, <laughs> We're going in and testing twice a day now. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. It feels like we're we're not home at all. Um, but yeah, I mean we we put out. Uh, I mean I don't know what our record. Uh, I was just saying to Jake before. It's like I don't know. We've we've never started that well since I've been here. Um, we've always kind of like taken our time to feel out the the, the way we're going to play and figure it out and play the way we want to play by the middle or whatever part of the year. And, um, and we, I think a part of that is like getting JC in a trade early. Obviously Mike was in and out, but we, we got Mike back at the bubble boy on, um, in and out, but obviously out towards the end of the year and, and just having some familiarity with our group and, and the, the way we wanted to play, we, we wanted to play kind of this way last year. I, I remember having conversations with the coach, like imagine, imagine if all our guards are going one night, like how, how, tough that is going to be to guard and, and I don't think last year with, with guys being in and out and, and just getting comfortable with each other I don't think we really had a game where everyone was shooting well and playing well and, and all that and uh, I just think it's starting to show um, 
and the funny thing is, like we're, we've been playing well. Our record is is good at the moment, but we've still got so much we can we can like we shouldn't give up a forty three point quarter. We shouldn't we won't let Brandon Ingram have eight in. Like there's so many things that we can control. Um, a lot of it was in our control last night. So um, with with the record and and how nice it is as of right this second now, um, we obviously. Are well aware. It's a long season. We're playing some good teams coming up. We've got a, a tough game on um, Saturday or whatever. I don't even know what day it is now. Friday, yeah. Saturday, whatever day. Saturday. Um, so yeah, with with all that being said, it's it is it's nice. But we we we've kind of that that long goal in mind of um, yeah, just keep playing consistent, keep getting better every day. We know obviously we're not going to win every game, but. Um, yeah, just trying to trying to stay on course of, of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve. So all things considered with the COVID and everything else, how much more of a grind is this season compared to your others that you've played in this league? It's Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very different um, just with all the, the rules and regulations and the travel and obviously – uh, when we're not in Utah, we, we can't leave the hotels basically, except for, for obviously for, for team activities or whatever it is practice, shoot around games. Um, at home, the, the rules have kind of changed. They basically don't want us leaving the house unless it's for essential um, kind of services or, or whatever. Um, testing twice a day, so we got to come in and test in the morning, and we got to come back and test at night now as well. Um, Every time I leave the house, my daughter Miller's like, "You got to leave again." I'm like, "It's just kind of the way it is." So it is at times tiring, and when we finished the game last night, and yeah, obviously we're, we're happy with a win. And then Barnett, who's in charge of kind of the COVID stuff for us, runs in the locker room and tells us we've got to test after the game last. Like, there's just lots. There's lots going on, and there's a lot of moving parts, and um. We, we obviously understand that we're still very well off and lucky um, to be in the position we're in. We're still getting paid to, to do our jobs and play basketball and get that bit of freedom on the court that um, is very nice for, for, for it's our job. It's what we love to do. Um, so anyone that can still do their job at somewhat a normal capacity is, is nice at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's a, it, I mean, it's a grind and we, we've kind of just talked about Kind of like I said, just getting better every day and, and figuring out that things are going to change on the fly. Um, there's been lots of cases this year that we've had to do something different or we haven't been able to shoot around or, I mean, I missed a couple of days because of false positive test. Like there's, there's just lots that's, that's going to go on. So um, trying to keep ourselves and our families and everyone around us as, as healthy as possible and do the right thing and, and obviously, yeah, then go out and play some basketball when we can. So when you get a false positive, does the NBA lock you down even more than everything you just described? Um, just that individual, really. Yeah. Um, so I had to, to obviously get away from the family for a couple of days and, and get, uh, I don't know, the exact protocol. It was a little while, X amount of negative tests. And um, you got to kind of, <laughs> the hardest part is trying to remember what you've done the last couple of days to see who you've been in contact with or who you've been around or who you sat next to on the plane or like whatever, whatever that um, kind of stuff takes. So it's like I said, it, like I mean, you guys said it's a it's a bit of a grind and um, frustrating at times when you get to spend the day at home or whatever. But then you realise you've got to drive in at five o'clock to to get tested again. Um, but like I said, uh, there's there's a there's a lot of people off uh, way worse off than than what we are. So. Um, yeah, we're just trying to do do the best we can for for our group, for our team, and our families, so that we can keep playing. And um, I, I think having obviously the the amount of fans we can have, and and just watching on TV, and for, for you guys, and David Locke yelling up in the wherever he does his little broadcast from, just for you, for everybody to to get that happiness from as we do from from the from the game yeah. of basketball. You hear yeah. Locke? You hear Locke now during games? You can hear his voice in the arena. I mean, you can hear him anyway. You can hear him with 20,000 people in there. He's got the loudest voice for a little man I've ever seen. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, I think it's it's a it's a bright light. As crazy as it sounds, that watching you guys out on the basketball court is something that, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, but I don't know that I've ever looked more forward to these games this very year because of what's been going on. 
And uh, so there, you're, when you say this, I know you say it in a humble way, but it's just absolutely true. Seeing you guys out there doing your thing, it's something that all of us look forward to. No, no, and and, and we have, we understand that, like which is which is why I think our our guys and and a lot of the league, you take the the protocols and like wearing a mask and whatever. Like we get, I think it was shoot around yesterday, Mike Elliott, who, who's our um, head of health and performance healthcare, or whatever. Like you dress as a team, and there's there's two new rules or whatever. Like there's there's something different every day, um, and we could be mad about it or try and fight it or, or whatever you want to say, but we understand that that we we get to have a few fans in the thing in the stadium that I, I know those fans there are absolutely loving to, to get to see us play again and turn on the TV um, like for for Renee Renee's not coming at the games, but for, for her to be able to sit there and turn the game on and. Um, obviously, watch me play and only me play. Um, <laughs> well, that's a, all I watch. Joy and happiness that, that that everybody gets out of it. Well, we obviously get it because it's our job and it's what we love doing. But um, we know how much, especially the Jazz. Other teams are whatever. I don't really care about the other teams, but we we know how much the Jazz mean to to Utah, and um, that's why it's it, it's been fun to be back out there um, representing the, the Jazz. I will say that I once worked 385 consecutive days without a day off. Do you want a trophy or something? Well, it's <laughs> one day more than you. I mean, you, I'm sure you got paid for those 385 days. I did. Okay, so be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you. I'm about to get a thing shoved up my nose again. Yeah, go get them. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. All right, thanks. Joe Ingles joining us. Joe Ingles Show brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. Bringing you to Joe this year. And, uh, Joe, getting I didn't know they were getting tested twice a day now. They are just bound and determined that the NBA is going to catch anything and nip this in the bud. They've had, they've had a few games canceled now, and they're starting to add up. And uh, clearly uh, they want to end that. Totally, man. I don't even want to think about it, but I yeah. know it's out there. What, Memphis or somebody just had all of next week's games canceled? Or was yeah. it Washington? I don't know. I think it was Memphis. Yeah, yeah. and I, just, I don't even want to think about it. So the And we haven't really gotten to that. Well, we'll do it. we got to take a break. We'll get to this next. Uh, something happened yesterday. It's not official, but it's the kind of thing that gets said that makes me think, well, this is, this is how, we got a, how uh, things legend, are going. A legend has left us that we have to get yeah. to. All right, we'll get to that, too. Stay with us, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.